0: Welcome to Black People Love Paramore podcast, where we chat about the traditionally quote unquote unblack things large groups of black people go up for. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but only if you're gonna rate us five stars, only because we are five star bitches. We're Teal Gotti. I am your co host, Sequoia. <coughs> and I'm Jordan. <laughs> and today we are chatting about basketball. But before that, we're gonna do In My Defense. I realize. Last episode that I never explained. I usually don't explain what In My Defense is. So, In My Defense is our segment where we bring one of our super niggardly or super cringeworthy white interests and we defend it for y'all. In My Defense this week, uh, I-, I don't have one. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have one. Wow.
1: This is the tables, the tables are <laughs> turned. You know, usually Sequoia comes in. She's got a well-researched in mind. If she's been this now She's been stewing on it for like a good couple of days. Oh shit and Just waiting to tell you guys about it. And now look at her. She, she's like, oh, unprepared.
0: Nothing. Oh, you know what? I, oh, you know what I could defend, actually? Actually, this one, I I, I just came up with this. Now, now I'm doing you. I just came up with it on the fly. I could defend. And this is neither incredibly niggardly nor cringeworthy white.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and defend Miss Doja Cat, okay? Now Say more. Now I know Miss Doja Cat, I know niggas was mad that Doja Cat was showing feet in the racist chat room. But <laughs> but for me I love being
1: reminded of that. You no, know,
0: for me, I just feel like I don't give a fuck what she does to get her rocks off. You know what I mean? If you wanna show feet. In the white supremacist chat room, and let them call you feet nigger or whatever the fuck. That's not my business. That's not my business. They they can't call me it. They can't call me it. But if you like that, babes, for your, I'm not gonna yuck your yum. Okay, if that's what gets you off, do you, baby. What my concern is, babes is extremely talented. The talent speaks for itself. Everything about her is so loudly and brightly talented. And this is the thing where people fuck up. This is where people fuck up. Artists today um, have more no- notoriety based on the foolishness that they do, a.k.a. showing feet in chat rooms, but they don't have the ability to back it up. You know what I mean? I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Miss Doja Cat has the ability to back up whatever the fuck foolishness she wants to do, most of it. You know, she can't do <laughs> anything now. Yeah. But she can do a lot. She, you know what I mean? The ability is there. She's showing feet in racial chat. I don't give a fuck about that. You know, in my defense, Doja Cat is that bitch. Leave her alone, the bars is there, the performance value is there, the visuals is there, everything is there, and nobody gonna be my ass behind it. So yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh Akita you know, you know your friend, you know, uh, a collaborator, person I've worked with for some time now. And I will I will follow you in almost any into battle in almost but any this scenario. Is not you know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> no 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 all I'm saying is show your feet where you may. <laughs> but let it not be a racist chat room.
0: You know what I mean? Now, ideally, it wouldn't be. Ideally, <laughs> but that's not what, that's not where she at. You know,
1: like you know, ideally not. Like the, the I don't want the, the members of the chat room to be shopping at Bass Pro Shop. You know what I mean? I don't want them to to own any amounts of real tree camo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't I don't think that's appropriate for where your feet should should be. You know, you, your feet. Yeah. your feet are your temple, as I often say. And so, the Bible too. Yeah, yeah, so uh so i think i think i don't know if i can follow you here i don't know if i can follow you but i appreciate you going i appreciate you being so vulnerable
0: yo i can't believe that this is where you draw the line i have sat up here and defended plenty of, <laughs> many of fucking whites after white put up here defending ariana grande all type of shit and you draw the mm-hmm. line it's, it's because she beige huh
1: i have an open mind <laughs> I have an open mind, but my my to- my shoes are closed toed. You know what I mean. Okay. I like don't.
0: I don't play that. Open mind, but closed toed shoes. That's fair. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sending you some in- images, and I'll explain in a few. Okay. So I just want you to let you know. Don't don't be alarmed by the images I'm sending.
0: Oh my god, I I, I have seen these images. Yes.
1: Yeah, um, but I you know I, I will I will explain for the the people our, our beautiful listeners right. in just a moment. All right. So you know in my in my defense, uh, this is something I've been thinking about. You know, and they, and it's no. Uh, no. I'm not about to do this. <laughs> you're no. saying no. You're going <laughs> giving me no. No. You're, wait. You, you, okay. This is misleading. So you think you think uh, Sequoia thinks I'm heading in one direction. I, I promise okay. I'm heading in. Another.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, so basically, I, I know uh, as you guys are our listeners, you you are aware of the existence of Kanye Omari West. You know the prolific musician, uh, fashion designer, creative director. Uh, you know multi hyphenate. You know artist. Mm-hmm. Sequoia, as is documented, is a big fan, and I, I'm a big fan. I one of my three of the albums I was first like listened to as a child on a on CD player. Where you know, a, a college dropout, late registration, graduation, you know, uh, even eight oh eight and heartbreak. I remember getting that, you know, buying getting the physical CD. So this is a man who's been his work has been in my life for a long time. But I haven't always, you know, stuck with Kanye, you know, through, you know, for, you know, we're not going to revisit some of his, you know, the highlights, the the, the, the lowlights of the last few years. But there's a thing that Kanye has been doing recently in his dress, in his style of dress, you know, and Kanye, Kanye is like, you know, well, you know, always on the, on the, a pioneer, you know, he's always a trendsetter. He's been wearing these big, old, what can only be described as giant, old, biggity big <laughs> fishermen's waders is how I would I would describe them. And some people and he wears them often with like a tight pant. But this these these uh boots are like knee high, they're bulky. They look like something a, a Lego would wear if they were um dressing for the snow. Wow. You know what I mean? And so they're very large and they're very they're very kind of rectangular and bulky. And some people look they look stupid. You know, people have come for him for the like, you know, the Yeezy croc, you know whatever. But I'm here today on this podcast to defend this look as arguably, you know, the most <laughs> intrepid, forward-thinking, positively saucy look of 2022. You know, this is the first, I think the first big silhouette style change, revolution, I think is occurring I'm in front of our eyes with these big, giant, biggity-big fisherman waders. I think they're great. And I think they look good with his tiny little jeans. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think these. it's incredible. Um, this tiny little jean with a little, little, little paint on it—I think it looks incredible. I think it's an incredible look. And Connie's had some great looks over the years, and I think this is this is up there with them. I think he is seeing in a, he's seeing different colors than we are. You know, what I'm saying he's seeing different shapes than we are. Yeah. And I want to commend that man, Kanye Omari West, for the work that he continues to do in the the sauce department.
0: I can't believe this shit right now. Uh, So Jordan, in fact, went directly where I thought he was going. Um, I I certainly thought he was going to defend (laughs) the looks. (laughs) I definitely thought he was going to defend these motherfucking big plot-hopping-ass boots on his nigga feet, okay? (laughs) That's exactly what he's (laughs) asking. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what i'm gonna let you have it because you you are the fashion boy here i am simply not a fashion boy that's that's jordan's perspective okay that's jordan's wheelhouse he got it i'm gonna let him have it but to me these boots Look. is a tragedy. they're a tragedy they're tragic they're they're <laughs> i don't even know what the fuck is going on with these right now <laughs> all i'm
1: saying is he looks like he's ready for anything, you know. Like he looks like he can stomp his way into the new millennium you know, with confidence. No. These, these boots look like they've seen things.
0: Jordan, he don't look like he's ready for anything. He looked like he's ready to wade in the waters. When he says slavery was choice, he looked like he's ready to prove that to us. He looked like he's ready to wade in the waters. That's what he looked like. He looked like he ready to escape, nigga.
1: These are, these are the slavery was a choice ones. He's the, the
0: slavery was a choice one, dead ass. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate Casey, an unscripted TV expert. Three times a week, I interview the talent directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docu-series, and documentaries. I get all the -the behind-the-scenes stories. <laughs> oh my god these, oh, these outfits okay I'll, i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you get that off
1: we'll, well look maybe we'll attach some links in the show notes or something like that because i think you know you heard it here first this is this is the new wave kind of you do it all right
0: now watch my dumb ass well you know what i already do really like a big chunky boot i don't like these in particular mm-hmm. but i am a notorious big clunky big sold cleat looking bottom ass boot wearing girl you know <laughs> Garrick hates it I remember my group chat you roughed it one day because I think Tristan said you, with your ugly ass shoes or something and I said huh <laughs> <laughs> And all the boys are like, "Yeah, I hate Damn. them." And all the girls are like, "What the fuck? Like, no, they're cute." So clearly, there's a divide. You know what I mean? There's a divide. Yeah, you know? no, no,
1: no. They're not. They're not seeing it. No, they're, they're just, yet. they
0: just can't see what I can see. And, and, and obviously, it's a Gemini thing um, because you know, Kanye, Omar, gemini extraordinaire and then me myself sequoia holmes also gemini extraordinaire so clearly we just have a little bit more of the forward thinkingness too and and then there's jordan gemini rising rising. right who you know Mm -hmm. we just have the forward thinkingness and i can't help that i don't know tell you nigga. so it is what it is uh shout out to big boots shout out to big boys with big boots we love that
1: it's a big boy big boots big biggity big big. biggity
0: big little pants big boots we love that that's great now what is this title of the creator photo you sent me jordan let me scroll through that, that little gallery, oh, and oh, see Kanye again in is the, the in the boots with, with Tyler. Also, fucking shout out Tyler the Creator. I know that I've talked about Tyler the Creator on this on this before, but I just I can't get enough. Somebody said that Tyler um, is famous for having good taste, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. wow, that is a good way to put it. I won't I won't argue with that. He, the man has good taste, and he's gone ahead and monetized that. He makes music. Yeah, no, yeah, he does. He does
1: monetize his taste. I think I think he, he, he has, like, kind of the people who, like, his, his legion of stands are like, Tyler Crater listens to jazz. That's so yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think his taste is just left, left of the taste of his, his fan base. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, he's the master putter honor. God, you know what I'm saying? He's pulling like, them to the, to the like left a of people. Bit to the To the left a little bit in a way, and he's reaching an audience that like of a size that typically isn't isn't being exposed to these sort of things. I feel like it's part of his whole. I feel like that's that's like a an ethos of his though. I feel like he's like I want niggas to smell good yes. and to know about flowers yes. and and scents, you know, and German cars and uh,
0: passports. What's
1: that band called? Uh, there's that French band that he's he's uh, likes, but um, yeah, like he's he's definitely that's his like his whole his whole wave and i i think he I think he's uh yeah he's he's like he's like a chief influence. he's and he's doing a great job he's really like i feel like a masterful sort of uh command of a bunch of different like um of like ways to appeal to people you know I think mean. that's that's really impressive and a skill in itself you
0: know what I think that Tyler doesn't like his fans i I'm just gonna say it I don't think that Tyler hmm. likes his fans anymore. I think that he used to i think he got his fan base from his odd future days from you know when he was on bullshit. And he grew up a little bit, and that same fan base has kind of stayed with him. And I don't think he likes his fans. I've seen him a couple times yeah. in shows, and I get the sense that he does not really care for the majority of his fan base. Even with this scent that just came out, before he dropped the scent, he was like, I want y'all to know this is not for everybody. Like, he was making it clear that, like, it's not for, you. It's not for my typical fans. Like, y'all gonna come in here. It's not mm-hmm. for you. You know, I'm trying to expand past.
1: It's not he doesn't like them. He's definitely a little resentful of the fact that he attracted all these kind of like young white incels early on. Yes, because he was acting like a young white incel. He absolutely. You know, was. So what did he expect? But now he's like, um, he's not. Like, now I'm like, I'm I'm 30 and I'm I'm like into like luxury goods, yeah. and so you guys need to act right. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's like I'm not like you. I'm not. So I. But I understand. I could. i imagine it's weird to also like be a person who like who has fans. You know what I'm saying? Like to be someone who who like uh. A bunch of strangers are associated with you, you know, like in the wow, stuff that you do. you know? wait, oh that must Oh, my be really God. Odd.
0: That is such a crazy way to put it. I have never thought about it like that. A bunch of strangers are associated with you. That fucking sucks. Yeah, isn't that weird? Wow. That must be so odd. But um, odd
1: future. Okay. Look, this is why we didn't pay us the big bucks. Full circle.
0: <laughs> right. Look at that. All right. We did in my defense. Uh song of the week. I didn't I don't have a song of the week. Uh, I, I really did not prepare for this damn podcast at all, y'all. Um I don't have a song of the week, Jordan. Do you have a song that you want to tell the kids about? Any French shit you've been listening to out in France, Jordan in France right now, y'all?
1: <laughs> uh we oui, oui. um, uh, d'accord. <laughs> uh, bien sûr. Yes, actually I the YouTube algorithm served me up a hot one the other day. Let me tell you. Okay. So I was I was trying to clean up the kitchen and I and I needed like I needed some like smooth string you know uh, ambient vibes yeah. and they served me this song called let us go into the house of the lord slash i don't know it's one of those that's too long for me to read on the on Spotify, but it's a song off the no it sounds like it's a church song right it sounds like some jesus ass shit but it's uh it's a ambient song from this dude named harold budd who uh was on a label that was run by brian eno who for those who know is like a legendary Ambient and like uh, rock, alternative music producer and musician himself. But I guess in the seventies he had this label called Obscure Records, and this dude Harold Budd put out a, a ambient record on it, and it's so nice. I don't know, like if you ever like in the house, and you just want some mellow, mm-hmm. clean, beautiful orchestral vibes. Mm-hmm. This is the song and the album for it. it's an album called The Pavilion of Dreams. Okay, and um, and the song, the full title of the song is. It's two songs. One, The first song is Let Us Go Into the House of the Lord. And the second song is Butterfly Sunday. And it's like they're together as a one track. Um, and it's it's beautiful. So guys, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So go 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 listen to that. If you're in the house, you're cleaner. You're just like chilling. You want like a nice little beautiful orchestral, ambient, beautiful thing playing in the background. I do um, want
0: that. Send me that link. Shout out to
1: YouTube. Album, yeah, yeah drop
0: draw me, draw me that link, Jordan. Okay, when, well, you, when you get that, drop me that link. I do like a little ambient background. Lately, um, me and Garrick have been listening to classical music just while we work from home. You know, just have it playing in the background, mm-hmm. something like And a song that was playing reminded me of Bella's Lullaby from Twilight, which is a, a, a classical song, but not really. You know what I mean? It's, it's from Twilight. Um, <laughs> so that's my song this week. Yeah, I just came up with that on the fly, too. If you have not heard... No, but them film scores... I don't
1: know if I've heard that before, but uh, the film score has always got that nice, That uh, those are a good go-to for yeah. like nice, ambient, uh, working music. Oh
0: sure, throw that shit in the background. I'm concentrating like a motherfucker. I'm like, oh, maybe my mom should have listened to classical music while I was <laughs> in the womb, because now, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now I'm concentrated as hell. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my song for the week. But, yeah, now we can move to uh, the main section, Jordan. Basketball, something that I know very little about. Um, I've learned who Wilt Chamberlain is. Um, I've learned uh, that LeBron James is number thirty-four. Real quick, a story. I was at a bar. What? What? Oh, he's not number thirty-four.
1: Okay. So,
0: what <laughs> no, number? Is he?
1: We'll, we'll, be, we'll come back. <laughs> he's not thirty-four. <laughs> number he's number six <laughs> now. But we'll go on. Go on.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, then my story not make no damn sense. I was at a bar <laughs> 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 in the toilet. I was at the toilet and. On the back of the toilet, it had a man, a black man and a Lakers jersey, and they were wearing number 34. And I was like, I think it was number 34. And I was like, why they got Shaq in the wrong number? And then I sent it to Garrick, and Garrick was like, that's LeBron. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't number 34. Maybe it was, maybe it's a different number. What number did he used to have? He used to wear twenty-three. Okay. Yes, twenty-three, yes. I was like, why they got Michael Jordan in a Lakers jersey? That's what I was that's I was confused about. I was like, why they got <laughs> Michael Jordan in a Lakers jersey in his bar? Like, what a weird cross reference. <laughs> so I said that to Gary. He was like, Babe. I'm dead. That's that's He's like, that's listen. So <laughs> cool. I was like, oh, I forgot um, he played for LA.
1: Well, thank you for that that beautiful prelude to this section of the show, because you know, this is uh You know that's we're all about historical accuracy and you know factual you know deep research stuff here. So you know that's I feel that's appropriate. Um, Yes, basketball. You know, this was one of the one of the first ideas I feel like we we talked about when we were conceiving when we were prepping this show. And it sounds odd because you know basketball is a thing that is you know historically at least recently associated so deeply with blackness and black culture, black music. And, uh, you know, I think the countless songs I like to talk about, you know, like that brings the that reference basketball players, that, that's become a whole trope in like, you know, popular rap is like, you know, is like, you know, whatever, you know, what did, what did uh, Kanye say in that new song? I'm w- I'm with the Bucks boy, like Giannis, like, you know, this is, you know, this, you he comes away, like, huh? nothing <laughs> to me. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, I did know. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah no, basketball is, feels like a very black thing, you know, so it's strange for us to be like this uh, part of, an episode about this. But the thing is basketball was invented by a white Canadian man in like eighteen ninety, whatever. Uh, basketball was invented by James Naismith, a man from Ontario, Canada. I think he, he lives in Massachusetts lived and worked in Massachusetts and he introduced the sport to these kids at a YMCA. And then before going on to to I guess coach basketball at a uh, University of Kansas, there's a you know the picture of him with a peach basket and the leather ball that looks like a soccer ball, and that's that's the origin of basketball. It's not it didn't start in it didn't start in Long Beach, it didn't start in Harlem, it didn't start you know it didn't start in Chicago. It started in like Massachusetts Springfield, Massachusetts with some guy in a peach basket. So how did it become so black? Is the thing i you know I was curious about, and we we're both kind of curious about. We you know so if it was appropriate to start with a little some minor history stuff. So I learned that one of the first black pioneers of basketball is a guy named Edward Bancroft Anderson, um, who in the early 1900s had spent a summer. um, He was he was an educator and like a a proponent of like physical activity and stuff like that. You know, which was like a burgeoning like field in the early 1900s. It wasn't like you know how we all have gym class and stuff like that. Like that wasn't. that wasn't always a thing. Is that you know, right? Like people like were... They
0: had kids just out
1: here sitting. Right. Like, they're like kids just run, run around and they play and whatever. And like, that's like, that's what they do. But like, it's not like a thing we think is like, you know, necessarily healthy. for Like, right, right. Be, and, then, and this is the thing that people were like only just looking into, you know, a, as an organized thing in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So the dude, Edward, Edwin Henderson is his name, not Anderson, Edwin Henderson, he, went, he, he was one of these like, you know, early educator, physical... Um, activity at, uh, you know sort of proponents. He did like some sort of summer program at Harvard in the early nineteen hundreds where he was introduced to basketball because you know it started in Springfield, Massachusetts, not too far away. And so he brought it back to um the black YMCA at in in DC where he was like living and working. And he introduced to see some some kids and then soon it became this thing that like well it became a very popular sport amongst like black youth in uh, in D C and it spread to other cities, you know, as these things do. Um one of the first organized basketball teams ever, was a, a team, was a club in Brooklyn, a black, all-black team in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and But, of course, basketball, like, all things around this, this the early 90s, in this time, like, was segregated. So, you know, there was, a, there was like, largely played at universities and, like, you know, organized groups amongst white people. But um, there were, you know, there were obviously, like, black clubs that, black, like, you know, played themselves and, like, you know, uh, formed their own groups. And so, basically, by the 20s, there were, like, a co a, a cluster of black uh, groups, you know, notably among them, Harlem Globetrotters, you know, which now is obviously a famous traveling entertainment thing. Um, but they, you know, and, and around that time, they were, you know, a real basketball club that competed in real basketball games. Um, and Will w- Chamberlain was was uh, notably a former Harlem Globetrotter. Uh, also among them was a team called the Harlem Rens or the New York Renaissance, but they're they're colloquially known as like the Harlem Rens, and they were they were a team based in New York as well. Who um, in their twenty five year history from nineteen twenty three to nineteen forty eight apparently won eighty three percent of their games and they played white teams as well and like they were just like hoping like they were they were just like balls Absolutely. you know they yeah. they couldn't be beat, and so like you know black people were, were like obviously very good at this game, you know, from, from very early on in its history. Um, and there's all these histories about, you know, and music, you know, there were were certain venues, of course, that black people couldn't play in around this, in this era. And so like they'd had, they started their own joints, you know, juke joints and all this stuff. And the same thing happened with basketball. Apparently, apparently like often you need space to have a basketball game, right? You need a whole place space to have a court and hoops and stuff like that. And so one of the places where they realized they could have, uh, enough space to do these was like the now popping up, um, music joints that were like in ballrooms that were happening and that were popping up around the twenties and thirties and stuff like that. Cause you know, jazz and music was becoming a live music and dancing was were, were like all the craze. So these, they'd have these like events where they'd be like music and basketball, you know, where, like it'd be a like, dance and beforehand. And then they'd have like basketball players. Uh, they have a basketball game in the dance hall, like, you know, uh, afterward or before. And so like basketball and music also, you know, been tied for a long time, but yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to 1950s and 60s, the NBA, the then and still now you know biggest league of professional basketball teams integrates, and they let, they let black players start playing. And um, by the 50s, a dude from San Francisco, from Oakland, named um, Bill Russell becomes a member of the Celtics. I've heard of him. And- he he. They go on to win however many zillion championships in the fifties and sixties. He at one point is both a player and a coach and the captain. Stop it. Um. He becomes like, well, yeah. He's one of the first like black stars of uh of the NBA. What um, look like? And he, like, an old man now. Yeah, well, I'm positive for that. And in and like right a little long a little bit after him, he's joined by Wilt Chamberlain, who you, uh, Sequoia, you know, obviously just is uh is a super fan of. Yeah. And. They become some of the two earliest, you know, black stars of the NBA. Will Chamberlain most famously scored 100 points in a game.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is a feat that hasn't has still hasn't been topped.
0: Oh, that's crazy as shit.
1: And, you know, they became the first two big black stars in the NBA. And then, obviously, after that, a whole legion of kids wanted to play basketball. They see these two dudes, you know, making more money than most black people make. And, you know, being on TV and, like, living flashy lives. And and now, you know, we have... Uh, the NBA that we have now, which is predominantly young black men with locks and or braids. Yes. Who, uh, Ooh, niggas left out who, locks and who, braids
0: nowadays. Jordan got braids right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The braids are making a comeback and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with You're that. with are here for that. Yeah. Basketball has become like, you know, a part of black culture in a way that like music is a part of black culture. Yep. You know, it's become this thing that's like, you know, so tightly wo- woven to it. Um, And so, I don't know. I don't know if you had any ideas about, like, why you think that is Sequoia.
0: I don't know why that transition happened. I don't know. But I know that in rap music specifically, there's so many basketball references all of the time. Drake has that one bar that's like, um, mm, ball and music are so synonymous because we want to be them and they want to be us. That seems to very much be the case. Hasn't there been, didn't Kobe make a rap song? Am I tripping? Did Kobe make a rap song?
1: My name is Tom Buck, and this is The Enthusiasm Project. Join me each week for deep dives exploring the world of what it means to be an independent creator on YouTube, starting your own creative business, and keeping a positive, enthusiastic mindset along the way. New episodes of The Enthusiasm Project are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. No, Kobe had a whole rap, like a minor rap career. He had a, he was like a verse on a Brian McKnight song.
0: Oh my god, on a Brian McKnight song, and Shaq too, right?
1: Shaquille O'Neal had four like a studio albums in the '90s with like Jay Z verses and Biggie verses. Stop it. Yes, there's like a Shaq Biggie song on YouTube. Look, look it up. That's yes. crazy shit. It's crazy. No, that's crazy shit. Yeah, no, Shaq was fully like major label.
0: That, that 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 I don't even understand. I literally don't even understand, but. Yeah, some, it's something to it. It's something to it. In the same way that black people are just musical, black people in basketball is just like a thing. Like that's just the thing.
1: Part of it, I think, is that like you know, like we said, this was one of the first venues in which black athletes were like making lots of money. You know, like and I, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, baseball. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball, I believe, in the forties or the, the or either the forties or the fifties. And, like, bas- and baseball for a long time was, like, the biggest sport in America. You know, it was, like, an American pastime. But basketball, you know, I think was the first sport where, like, you see, you saw an influx of guys. And also, it like, there's, like, a, a, a style to basketball. Baseball's so, you know, straight running in straight it lines is. and hitting the ball. It is. nothing it's so, sexy about a baseball player. There's nothing sexy
0: about baseball. No,
1: there's and there's nothing sexy about baseball, about baseball play. There's nothing, like, there's nothing rhythmic about the game. Well, there, there's stuff, but it's, it doesn't have the flow no. of it, you know, way that I feel like it's very fitting that, like, basketball happening in dance halls in the 20s and stuff like that, because, like, it's a very beautiful, sensual, movement, rhythmic game, yep. you know? And I think that, like, as we've, like, talked about a lot in different and in various topics in this, on this show, like, that's, that it, those things are, like, synonymous with Blackness across cultures, you know, like... Uh, like rhythm and movement and uh, attention to beauty. There's a beauty to to way basketballs played. Mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, black people. You know, we we love we love to we love to make shit beautiful that don't need to be beautiful. 100%, you know, like one hundred percent. There's no reason some of those recipes slapped the way like those like the leftover food that was the, they were giving the slaves <gasps> like the way those recipes slap the way they
0: Cheerlings, do. like I told y'all.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> like,
0: I keep trying to tell. The word that me. shall Ew. not be
1: uttered aside, yes. But you're right. <laughs> exactly. Um mm-hmm. there's no reason like protective styles like braids should should be that as hot as they a good as they
0: point. are. Didn't braids like somebody told me that like cornrows were like a thing during the the middle passage? The transatlantic sure. slave trade, yeah. And like they were hiding rice in the cornrows? Like somebody told me that's how... word. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and now the girls out here with yeah. braids every motherfucking summer looking like baddies and what about mm-hmm. it?
1: Exactly. The half these things that we do and that like and that have become like codified into black culture are often born of necessity. They're born of like of like a certain other purpose. But like mm-hmm. black people find a way to incorporate style and beauty into it because that's like a thing that we're we have a proclivity to do. And I think basketball is a sport that like it's like a canvas that can be very expressive. You can be very expressive on. And a way that baseball you can and football you can't oh, as hell much. Yeah.
0: That is such a good idea. That is such a good idea. You get to see their faces, or like that's such a good point. Like mm-hmm. you you can see everybody's faces on the basketball court. They all, do they all wear the same shoes or do they sometimes get to wear their own shoes?
1: They, will, they all all they wear the different shoes now. Um back in the day they were kind of the same shoes. Right. Yeah. Like
0: now they all get to wear their, their own little swaggy shoe. They got their mm-hmm. numbers and their names on the back of the shit. Like, it's just a very cool, right. like, just a very cool, I don't know how to put it, but it's just so, into, like, you could tell each each player. Like, you say a lot. You could tell each player just by the, how they're moving around the court. A lot of times when I'm watching a basketball game, I can't actually tell who that is, but I know the ones that I know when I see them, even though they're little small specks because of how they move about the court
1: that exactly. and that paired with the fact that you, Wilt Chamberlain was probably the first nigga anybody saw driving a Rolls Royce and like, and like you know, wearing furs and, and like him and Cl- you know, like that paired with those things, you are like, why wouldn't I want to be a basketball player? Right. You know, that they're living a the life. It's nineteen seventy three. I am living in in Southside Chicago. I've never seen a, right. a, a, a car that wasn't a, a beater, right? And so, uh, yeah, so like I think it like that paired with like you know the obvious like rags to riches uh opportunity it offered like you know of course like you know, people were gonna pour into it and then yeah and then and of course we get michael jordan who was like this like you know generational pop culture figure generational athlete he like made basketball look on the court look so cool and like seem so cool and he had like the the swag and his act like the things we we're talking about like introduced like you know like this whole sneaker culture i think i think it just was one of the things that kept building you know like the the, the thing, the reason to like it continue to like present themselves. Yeah. Like now there's a whole industry, a whole like Instagram, social media world built around like athletes style off the court, yeah. you know, like like their pregame fits yes. and shit like that. Um, and it's like it's like almost like there's always there's like continually opening up new ways for like ex- black expression in this in this space.
0: For sure. Wait, who are your summer? Who are your favorite like off-fit dressers or off-the-court dressers for, for the NBA? This is a good question. I just recently became aware of this guy.
1: He has a long name. I can't. Uh, it's something, Alexand- Alexand- something Alexander Walker on the on the uh, on the New Orleans Pelicans. He's got. I I just was saw uh, pictures of him the other day, and he has some incredible fits off the court. A lot of these younger players feel like they share at least one stylus with Drake. Okay, in that way, yes, one hundred percent. Like where there's like there's lots of like chrome hearts and like. Uh Air Force One collabs yes. and um
0: yes. cool
1: bootcut jean <laughs> energy vintage t-shirt, you know.
0: Oh, this boy is so young. It was it looked like his name is Nikel, maybe? Nikkel Alexander Walker. Yeah, yeah. Nikhil? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he's Canadian? Oh, interesting.
1: More Drake connection. Uh-huh. Um Campbell Walker, the God. Campbell Walker from the Bronx, but he played at UConn, so he's a Connecticut legend. Okay. We will claim him. he he, he also Pull some, he, Kemba Walker. I don't know where I have it saved, but there's a photo of him wearing this beautiful, like fake silk or silk, um, like Cuban shirt, like a short sleeve button down, you know, like that you wear, like maybe to the beach, you know, sort of thing. But it's got printed on it a still from the movie Fallen Angels by Wong Kar Wai, who's this, like, uh, Hong Kong uh director and this movie fallen angels from like the 90s i i don't know where he got this shirt or who made it but it's like the hardest thing i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life Um, and like you can't like i'll I'll send you the image that he has on the shirt I, i don't have a picture of him in the shirt but i'll send you the image that he has on the shirt it's so cool so he's he's been known to do some things but like a lot of these players the the achilles heel of us young black men in general is the ultra tight, skinny ribbed, distressed? Oh my god! I think that is a pandemic that we're not talking about nearly enough. Oh no. my god! <sighs> I think it's plaguing. It's plaguing black communities. Gosh. I think we we need to get Jesse Jackson on this. We need to get Al Sharpton on Quickly, this. I think we need to get Reverend.
0: Every- where are you?
1: <laughs> why why is no one talking about this? Why 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 has it not been in a segment on CNN? Katie
0: Kirk, where you at? What y'all doing? What, what, what?
1: When are we going to address
0: this? You know what I mean. Please, please, somebody save my people! Blech. Those ribbed. Distressed, acid wash acid washed elephant <gasps> in the room. You know. Oh my God! It really
1: it's, it's so it's, bad. It's, you can't see my face, but I'm I'm distressed. <laughs> um, but um, like these jeans. <laughs> right? Except for occasionally falling into that hole. Kemba's a great dresser, um, and I feel like the same could be said for a lot of these players. Like that—that that is the Achilles' heels of a lot of these players. Who else is a good dresser? Oh, Bull Bowl. Bull Bowl is a uh, is a uh, his dad is was the name Manute Bol. He's like, where are they where are they from? They're from South Sudan, and he's just like this tall. He must be like seven eight. This this boy is 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 so tall. But he he wears. He's like one of those. I feel like he's affiliated with like Playboy Cardi, like ASAP Mob. I think he hangs out with uh, the, 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 the ultra canceled Ian Connor. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, so he okay. So he dresses, but he. Right, he's on a high fashion shit. Look, I was just saying a photo of him. Like, Bo Bo is like Bo Bo is like on that on that Rick Owens type shit. I feel like he's he's on some other shit.
0: Oh, okay, this is cute. Okay, we see a fit. Yeah, that's cute. He don't have he don't have them ultra tight fucking ribbed distressed pants on.
1: Yeah, he letting his legs breathe, which is I feel like everybody can learn from that. Oh, learn from he's getting this fit off. His draft suit is crazy.
0: His draft suit. Oh, this, this floral pants or whatever the fuck with this puffer jacket. Uh-huh. And the icy wrists. Yeah, he's giving it Bobo's low-key low the hardest out. Yeah. Bobo is his name. hmm right, Interesting. Okay with the spider web. Okay, Spidey.
1: Yeah, with the off off white uh Air Forces on. He he's he knows what he's doing. Bobo's like, I'd be on I'd be on the mood boards.
0: <laughs> he's like <laughs> <I'd be on laughs> Bobo's board. gonna...
1: <laughs> I am a mood. He Bobo? I got gonna saved on my phone as p p emoji, Period. so don't play
0: with me. Obsessed, <laughs> love it. I love this. This is very cute.
1: Yeah, no, Bobo is very drippy. So uh
0: now, how do he find clothes to fit him? This man is tall as fuck. Right, he's he's like I think literally seven two. That's wild. No, he's really long. Like I can just tell from looking at this photo. He looks oddly long. Those pants look like they're going for a really long time. And I don't... How did he even find... <laughs> yeah, he, of, like He must mm-mm. He must
1: have the custom custom link or something, because I, right. I don't know where he...
0: On call. Oh, these short shorts he got on are show Big shorts. and tall is not doing awful. Right. Big and tall is not doing... It. Yeah. Yeah, and those are
1: probably large. These
0: are probably right. These are probably the longest shorts that they could give him, and these are at the middle of his thigh.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> he got on little, those short shorts. I don't know how he... Where he found that puffer
0: at? But they must have combined two puffers to make that I one. I swear puffer. to God, they definitely sewed <laughs> together two separate puffers to make this one puffer. Absolutely. Okay, so sometimes the NBA boys be dripping. They they little. They they get off.
1: They they get the fits off, and I feel like it's become this like new, uh, like the new influencer zone is like basketball players um, and being you know, like. I feel like there's been a lot of attention uh, on on basketball as like, this like space for high fashion or whatever. Right. You know. Right. I don't know. I think basketball just has a cool to it. I mean, I think it's the other factor. Basketball just has this like indescribable cool to it that I feel like a lot of sports don't don't
0: have. It definitely does. It definitely does. And you know what? Okay. Basketball has like this middle ground between baseball and football in that baseball's like kinda of corny T V A. It's like, you know, like it's just like very upright. Like there's no real risk. To it, it it doesn't seem you know like whatever you you hit this ball you run a little short distance and that's hey, about you better it run a swing. right like it's just like a little bit of corny and then football. Mm-hmm. The brain damage, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause like football gives a little bit of right. concern and pause. He's more concerned
1: than anything. Or, you know, like, it's just
0: like a lot of concern there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, although right, they right, look right. good, the pause has be looking good. You know, you're like, okay, these niggas, you know, they look like they could do something. They also... Right but well, why
1: does he keep waking up in the middle of the night swinging
0: <laughs> you know what I mean like you <laughs> might not make it through though <laughs> and I don't want to be involved with right. that but <laughs> basketball <laughs> players say like they ain't that good middle ground it's swaggy they got a little bit of risk you right, know niggas we right. get hurt you know we like that we, we like a, a potential to get hurt <laughs> that's cute and and it's not crazy to where I'm scared to, to wake up next to you so it's good it's
1: beautiful. Oh, and and I was going to say like we can't leave this podcast without talking about about basketball without talking about basketball and Black people specifically without talking about Allen Iverson. Oh,
0: duh. Oh my God, we were about to try to get off here without talking about fucking Allen Iverson. A game
1: changer wow. and game changer. And so Sequoia, like, for, to provide the basket, the NBA historical context for this man. He so in the in, in the nineties the the, 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 the the classic story is in the nineties Michael Jordan was like the, the you know the mayor he was like the big man in town right everybody wanted to be like Michael everybody did what Michael did he was like the guy right. and so Michael's whole game was like off the court Armani suits the billowy beautiful Armani suits the Ferrari you know Three. what I'm saying like like very like classy a businessman like he it was his energy and then Allen Iverson comes around and Allen Iverson of course is like you know. A uh, generation below Michael Jordan, he he in the mid '90s. Michael Jordan arrived in the mid '80s. Uh, Allen Iverson is a uh, is like a young kid from v- Virginia Beach, like you know, from the hood. Like he had braids and and the NBA before anybody was really wearing braids, yeah, straight backs, and like had a bunch of visible tattoos. Which before, believe it or not, before Allen Iverson was not very common really? in the NBA having a bunch of visible tattoos. Okay. Yes, and like he, this is how much he changed the parent the visual paradigm. Fuck yeah. And and he would wear, like, headbands, a bunch of unnecessary, like, accoutrement on his body. You know, like, he wore the shooting sleeve. People weren't wearing shooting sleeves before wow. Alan Iverson. Alan really. Iverson changed the fucking game. Turned the whole aesthetic, like, look of the game. And so, and, and the way he played, to put, like, the cherry on top, was just, like, more street than most people. Like, you know, it's way more, like, you know, the dancing yeah. than it was, you know, yeah, like, it was dancing. than conventional basketball.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like... Like Michael Jordan was like you know the like kind of uh, like rigid like not rigid but like exacting beautiful ballet right. artist right and, and the way he played Allen Iverson was like like a like, 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 a like the kid you see on TikTok now <laughs> like right <laughs> like he was like a crupper. he was like just smooth with it you right. know what I'm saying like sturdy <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like yeah. he he had a whole different swag to him and um and that was like that just like was eye opening for the game and like they they actively pushed against it when he first got there like well i got if you watch like listen to like on youtube there'll be old broadcasts and they'll be like what's that on his head you know what is his (laughs) hair what is he doing iverson checking in with his tattoos that nigga (laughs) that is the whole timbre of of how they talk about him for like five years until he becomes like the that
0: nigga yeah
1: Right, like, and they 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 put in a dress code in part in response to Allen Iverson off co- off the court, where like players before were permitted to do what they wanted to do, but like most players would just wear a suit because that was just like what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Michael Jordan did. That's what a lot of the co- people did. So they just wear suits. Yeah. But then Allen Iverson would show up to games and like whatever the fuck he wanted, to, like a sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever the fuck he wanted to wear in nineteen ninety eight two thousand. And and they were like, you know what? That is too niggeredly. Right. You must wear a suit. Right. So they put a and they put in a rule in part in response to Alan Iverson and the wave he started to for players to wear uh, certain clothes on the sidelines if they were if they were not playing that night and they were going to be sitting on the bench they had to be wearing a suit. That's so weird. And that lasted until very recently. That's Very weird. Yeah. And yeah, so they were trying to police him and like like he is his impact on like I mean I'm born in 1995, but by the time when I was like in my youth years as a a young recreational basketball player. Shout out Hampton Fathers Rec League, two thousand five, two thousand six All Star. Okay, I was about to ask nine you nine and ten boys. Oh, ask right. you. Did you play yeah, come Okay. On. All right, no, don't <laughs> don't play with me. Um, anyway, but in my and like I o oh, oh, one to o oh, six, you know, when I'm playing basketball as a little kid, he was like the one we like everybody wanted to look like. My yes. my friend BJ like had all his shoes like you know we like. We like wore like the little t shirts, you know, like the headbands and shooting sleeves. Yes. We all wanted to I be like. I remember Alzheimer's. that
0: era of little boys, yeah. being, trying to be like AI. I didn't know who that was at the time, but like I absolutely remember that era.
1: And also that 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 sort of disposition of like being like, I'm gonna do whatever I want because I can do whatever I want because it's because it, it's cool and that's and I I know I'm cool. That is like the whole NBA energy now. He made that okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah he was like he was like yeah are you not gonna tell me what to do like his one of his most famous moments is like he he didn't show up to a practice and or a game and then like these the reporters are like always trying to like make build a narrative around him being un, unruly and disorderly and like you know not being a team player and he's like i forget there was there was an important context around why he went not the game. i think a friend had passed or something uh, had like serious had happened yeah, in his life yeah and he was like y'all are telling me i are you trying to call me a uh, unprofessional tell me i'm doing whatever because i missed a practice I don't give a fuck about that. you know like I don't give a a fuck pra- about that. like you know i i show up i
0: show every game every night and score 30 Period. points and carry this team on my back yeah and you're you're telling me i can't miss up don't practice. tell him don't talk to me about practice you niggas need to practice <laughs> isn't he short right, No,
1: he's he's a uh, he he's an icon and yeah and he was small for his he was small for relatively he's like probably six feet tall six feet, which right. Is, right which is, is, is which still
0: short for the nba yeah. I mean, like somebody in fucking six feet seth curry is short for the nba isn't he like six three?
1: Right, right yeah exactly so he was he was like uh, notoriously pretty small for for the nba but like still one of the greatest players of his generation and so like that was inspiring too that was like all these little kids were like i can be like ai he's not that big right, and right. like he's he's still dominating yeah so he's he's a game changer and we couldn't do this podcast without mentioning him i
0: can't believe i was gonna try to get off here without mentioning alan iverson i know I was that was crazy going to say, i'm so sorry right that's you, jordan i was going to say you so you did play basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay, me as well. Continue to. Hmm. Oh, okay. Talk to mm-hmm. him. Right. Yeah, I played a little what bit are we of basketball. About? Long Beach, Recley. Um, I played for my <laughs> middle school. You can see her;
1: she's adjusting her hair. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. I played for my middle school. You know, I was um I don't know basketball positions, but I know that I played one of the wings. Okay, and.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little shooting got a little two three. You know, action. I
0: was I was a little two three action doing a little something something and I hyperextended my leg. I hyper extended my oh, knee no. <laughs> before the season started. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and um was on crunch, crutches for the next six months and thus I didn't get to play uh-huh. that year. But the following year I tried out again and I made it again and I scored mm-hmm. a basket and the other teams basket and they gave it to the other team okay. and that shit was mad fucking embarrassing <laughs> oh no, no <laughs> Sequoia. Because once I did it, like, you know, we had just switched for halftime or whatever. So I was still confused. I thought that I thought that we were still on that other basket. And so I ran down there. Nobody. I thought I had gotten a fast break on these niggas. Nobody was after me. Whatever. I was like, (laughs) no, 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 no." "No." I'm dead. Shotting that bitch. Like probably one of the only times I scored anything during the season. Of course, it was very uncontested. (laughs) And um they gave that shit to the other team. And I was like, "Wow, you niggas are a piece of work. You knew that was a fucking accident, <laughs> and you gave give it to the other team. <laughs> how dare you? You
1: niggas are a piece <laughs> of work. niggas
0: are a piece of work. The
1: gall of you
0: to enforce the rules. Like, how dare you? you now you should trying to embarrass me. I, <laughs> to entry. I already did this shit. Now you want to give it to them. How dare you? So, needless <laughs> to say, I got pulled yeah, out and really didn't up. get picked back in for the rest of the season. Um yeah but i played you know you know i you know what i can do i can spend the ball on my finger to this day because i spent a lot of time on the oh, bench learning crazy. that shit
1: so yeah mm-hmm. boom i can imagine you uh what you call it like uh um boxing like girls out and like fighting for the ball i feel like whenever i watch the middle school game they are
0: fighting for the yeah, ball yeah yeah snatch that shit <laughs> it, mm. it was right it was like boxing class for those little girls it, is. it was like like <laughs> that's how you get that aggression out that's definitely it
1: um well podcast i have to pee so you guys can go sit tight i'm and listen, done no we're done
0: no we're done this is the end of the podcast <laughs> um <laughs> jordan you go pee i'll do the outro <laughs> anyways y'all this nigga really want to go use the bathroom thank you for listening to this week's episode of black people love paramore if you liked it feel free to rate us five stars of course uh, you can reach us on social media at BPLP Pod across all platforms. And then if you want to email us questions, if you have ideas for a topic that you think that we should cover, you can email us at BlackPeopleLoveParamore at gmail.com. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all.